0: Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way.
1: I'm Eric Gunther.
0: And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And we are here with our colleague, Claire Trapasso. She's our news editor. Um, hi, Claire. Hi, Natalie. Hi, guys. Hey, Claire. We're really happy to have you here um, because today we're going to talk about something that's been top of mind for a lot of people, um, Coronavirus.
2: The World Health Organization has declared the coronavirus outbreak a public health emergency of international concern.
0: It's kind of a scary topic. Uh, And although it's, you know, 8000 miles away, you wouldn't necessarily think that it affects real estate here in the U.S. But Claire, your recent piece that you published for us, you have seen that the U.S. real estate market has been affected. Um, In what ways are we seeing this?
2: Well, it's still the super, super early stages. Um, and we don't know how bad this virus is going to be. We've only seen, I believe, 12 cases of it in the U.S. But investors are spooked by this because China is the world's second biggest economy. So they're moving money into bonds, taking it out of the stock market. And when people move money into bonds, mortgage interest rates go down. And that's fantastic news for buyers. Um, but we are not saying that coronavirus is good for buyers. No, the coronavirus is absolutely <laughs> not good for buyers. But um, it is a it is something positive uh, for buyers coming out of it. Uh, if you're just talking about the real estate market.
1: And what percentage does Realtor. dot com know? What percentage of U. S. buyers are coming from China? Do we report that out?
2: does this is from NAR. Chinese buyers spent thirteen point four billion dollars. On U.S. real estate, uh, homes that had previously been lived in, so not the new construction.
1: And We expect to see a decline, of course, than this year with the with the coronavirus.
2: Some real estate agents are reporting that they're seeing fewer Chinese buyers. Um, these agents usually work in Asian communities along the coast and typically deal with higher end real estate, more on the luxury side. But again, it might it, we might not we might not see a decline at all. We might just see it in the short term, and then they might come back and boost sales again. And it might be harder for folks to sign contracts because they, they can't physically be here. Um, you know, the flights aren't coming in and out. So, all of that has really pushed down the amount of Chinese buying before this happened. And then the coronavirus hit, and folks may not be as willing or able to buy real estate in the US in the short term. But this may have a good effect for them in the long term because, in the long term, it might actually boost the number of Chinese buying US real estate. How so? Well, because we have a pretty good healthcare care system um, and we're on the other side of the world, it's kind of a, if something like this were to happen again or anything like this were to happen, this could be a place for them to come. So in the long run, it might actually give the luxury market particularly a little tiny bit of a boost.
0: I, I was wondering, is are we seeing any effect on not the non-luxury market, maybe houses that are just in like you know 800,000 1 million or is that just that's,
3: <laughs> What kind of luxury are you looking at yeah.
0: Well well like I'm
2: I mean I, so luxury
0: bougie. luxury I'm thinking like the 20 million 15 million
2: So at realtor.com we typically define luxury as 1 million dollars or above okay. But that said, in a market like San Jose, like Silicon Valley, a million dollars will get you a starter home. So it is somewhat subjective depending on where right, you look. Right, right, right. But right now, I mean, this we are such we are still in the very 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 early stages of what's going to happen with the coronavirus. So it hasn't really hit much. It's just starting to hit mortgage interest rates and it's starting to just almost like tap dance close to The luxury market, but everything's a big unknown. So the sooner this is resolved, the sooner the market goes back to normal.
3: I find it very interesting that they're already noticing a dip from the coronavirus in the number of Chinese buyers attending open houses or, you know, closing.
2: But it it really depends on who you ask because I talked to some luxury buyers who weren't seeing or luxury agents who weren't seeing anything. They weren't seeing any changes. Everything was business as usual. And then I talked to others who were saying, yeah, you know, I deal mostly with Asian clients and our open houses are empty. I talked to another luxury broker who was telling me that now people looking at luxury units and condominiums are saying, are there a lot of Chinese people who live here? because they don't want to live in places with uh, Chinese because they're worried about the virus. And wow. she's, yeah, she was shocked at that. She said in the last week, she's had three unrelated clients ask her this question. And, oh my you know, it's crazy. Due to fair housing laws, she's not legally allowed to answer, but she right. was really surprised. Um, wow, so you're seeing awful. things like that. She's also saying that she was seeing some some uh, Chinese buyers, or I'm sorry, some Chinese property owners in the U.S. wanting to sell their property because that way they could have have a little bit more cash on hand but again mm. it's just starting and it really depends on who you ask and who your clients are because some real estate agents focus mo- mostly on asian buyers and they're starting to see it
0: so do you feel like just in general because interest rates are low than they were for the past like couple weeks do you think it is a good time for just anyone to buy a home here
2: Um, If you can afford to buy with interest rates low, you could save yourself a couple bucks and potentially buy a bigger home or in a nicer area with mortgage rates so low. Um, Some experts are predicting that potentially prices could rise because if more people enter the market with low mortgage rates, they could bid up home prices sellers could kind of maybe jack them up a tiny bit so if folks are ready to buy and they have the money get in while well, the
0: getting's good i
3: guess uh,
2: we don't know what's going to happen to mortgage rates we know they're low now
0: yeah. very interesting thank you for our economy lesson today claire
3: <laughs> yeah this is all very interesting and we're glad that you're here to walk us through what's happening um we'll be keeping an eye on it. it'll be interesting to see where this goes
2: thanks for having me guys
1: So we see basements, we see man caves, we see she sheds, we see bonkers spaces devoted to a particular fandom or your love of a particular thing. But we saw a house in Hidden Hills go on the market a couple weeks ago, and this place has a 5,000 square foot basement devoted to Star Wars. It's an entertainment complex, and I don't know if you guys have seen the listing photos, but... There, you know, this place has like backlit cabinets, and it has props, and it has, you know, you know, mannequins from the movie standing at the bar. It's it, it's obvious that I hate to use the cliche. No expense was spared. <laughs> I, I, I hate that when I see that in a listing description. So, but if no expense was spared, and you had an unlimited budget, and you could create a basement akin to the Star Wars basement that this guy has created. What would you do? Do you have an idea?
0: Dream basement scenario? Like a,
1: dr- like a dream basement scenario. Like, or, you know, it doesn't have to be a basement. Say you had a 5,000 square foot Guest wing, house. wing of your house that you wanted to deck out in a, in a particular style that was your style. What would you do?
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. I- Rachel?
3: I mean, or, or,
1: or, or indulge your, like if you had a hobby or a fantasy, you know, something that, that was your thing.
3: I put a hot tub in for
1: sure. Uh Yeah. Okay. (laughs) How big would this hot tub be? Would it be five thousand square feet? I guess
3: that Rachel would put a hot tub in. (laughs) Five thousand square foot hot tub.
1: (laughs) So an Olympic size hot tub. I like that idea. I haven't seen that before. I've seen an Olympic size pool, but I have not seen an Olympic size hot tub. Was it Barbara?
0: Was it Barbara Streisand who has a mall in her? Yes, in her
1: basement. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's like a real mall.
1: Yeah, like a mall. Like a like an like it's kind of like that Las Vegas home that we did. It's a, it looks like a s it's like a three quarter simulation almost of a mall in her basement.
0: I think I would put in a yoga studio.
1: Okay. Okay. That's your first thing. Um, that sounds great. I like with,
3: that idea.
0: And I would put in like radiant heating too, because I do I have Ooh. been doing like heated yoga lately. Yes. So um okay. it would be cool to be able to raise the temperature.
1: Right. I like, um, I like where you're going.
0: I'm trying to think like what else. I mean, my husband in our eventual home, he wants to have some sort of like beer basement. Um, right. Right. With like a, a bar top and and seating and storage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has. Crucial. I mean, he collects empty cans and bottles that we've drink in like, like each unique bottle or can. He holds on to them because he wants to line his beer basement with this. And so right. like we've been committed to this and so we're going to make it happen. Um, and I, I would like it too. It'd be a cool little place to go after having a dinner party and to entertain people. Um, and it wouldn't be, you know, some people, beer basement, they were associated with like man cave. It, it would be tastefully decorated. Uh, this reminds me of something that I, it kind of, the the term bugs me and maybe i'm just being ultra sensitive about this but um you know th- the want to create a vibe create a, a place where you can chill out relax um people have coined that as a she shed uh or a man cave or a man cave it's like well, these right. the, two the is the dichotomy between the two and right i i don't like the the sep- the genderization of them um I'm not. I'm not trying to get on a pedestal or anything, but it's no, like yeah, climb up on it.
1: <laughs> get up on that pedestal. We want to hear your opinion.
0: I think or maybe not. it's just the term itself. She shed. Can
1: I just clarify for for us here? Mm-hmm. You you don't object to a woman having a she shed or a space? Absolutely you ab- not. You object? No. You object to the terminology? terminology. No, she I shed. think
0: it's cool. I mean, if it's be it, you know, an office space where you get some work done but then also like your little reading nook or you know if if it's an act if it is an actual shed in your backyard and you put a coffee machine and a a comfy sofa and you know a little mini fridge like that's I think that's really cool to be able to have a space to to be you and just chill I just I guess I just have a problem with it having to be labeled
1: right no and I get that and I I think what what you're describing it, it, it did I think it was an outgrowth of you know the man cave was so popular. Like, why
0: they Why do they get a man cave
3: and, and the then, woman
1: doesn't have anything? Right. Yeah, then, I wh- think
0: oh. I think what frustrates me most is like women feeling the need to be like, well, they have the man cave, so you know what? You know what? We're gonna create a she shed. Like, you know what? <laughs> it's
3: like, yeah.
1: No, I
0: come I, on. I don't particularly care for the term man cave either, though. No,
1: I I, I don't either.
0: No, that sounds so archaic too. I mean, right. I just, yeah, I I guess it's, and this is, people, some people are probably laughing at me right now, frankly, that I'm like taking such a principled stand on this, but. No,
1: it's your opinion. You're allowed to have opinions on certain things.
0: I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I see the value of a place where any individual can go outside of like their home, you know, a, a designated spot where you can like chill out, refocus, relax, like everyone needs their, their time. What would you call it?
1: I don't know office an
0: office yeah or a a um, me space
1: a bonus room
0: yeah a bonus room or um, a den maybe it, um, is an,
1: is now an okay time to tell you that I do have a shed
0: you have a yeah. you have a she a, a he, <laughs> you have a, a he a, shed I have a he shed you have an Eric <laughs> shed, a Gunther shed okay yeah
1: but but I don't use any gendered pronouns when that's it fine shed. and you
0: wouldn't be like Francis you can't come in or excuse me mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think she's allowed in is she.
1: I don't know that you'd want to go in there.
0: I've never, I've never
3: been inside. I've are never you, seen it.
0: Eric, are you going to give our listeners a uh, behind-the-curtain peek at what is in your he shed?
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, check our Facebook profile. I'll take a photo, and we, we will post the photo to the Facebook. Ooh, go. what is in there? House Party Pod. Bodies. Is that where you keep the bodies? No. Oh, right now, God. it's a mess. I mean, it's, it's more of a storage spot than anything it for a while I kept it as kind of yeah an office-y kind of workspace yeah uh, and I decorated it the way I wanted it but uh, yeah now it's just more storage than anything
3: it seems to me like you have less of a problem with the term man cave it's just really only with the term she shed
0: no I think the name I think the. I think the title man cave is stupid too i mean i agree i think they're both stupid and i don't because they're both they have like such stereotypes like when you say man cave you know there's you think of beer and, and taxidermy da- on the dark walls dark wood dark wood and pool and table a Bud light sign and, yeah
1: neon lights yeah yeah neon, like big, neon beer big sign. flat
0: no women TV. allowed it's just like so. It's so um, narrow-minded. I think just labeling these things. There's just so many other ways that people can take it to have like a chill out room. And
3: yeah, she sheds make me think of crafting.
0: Yeah, right. like scrapbooking, which is fine if that's your GM. If that's well, but, I, hey, as a middle schooler, I scrapbooked. Okay, so. clearly I did
1: too. Well, and I think like the when I think of this when you and you're talking about it too, I think like the proto she shed was. I mean, this is the one that we heard about a lot in the 80s or 90s when it was built was Candy Spelling's gift wrapping room. Mm-hmm. She had a gift wrapping room in the Spelling Manor. And th- that, I think, spurred a lot of people to say like, holy crap, she has a room devoted just right. to gift, gift wrapping. wrapping. And, and people so- thought
0: that it was like... I think people were critical of that because it seemed over the top and excessive and like a like a rich person luxury that only the 1% would have. Um but A she shed shouldn't be thought of as a one percent thing at all. No. Ugh, I don't know. Maybe I'm
3: crazy. But I think the term she shed also got um, a bump from that state farm commercial,
0: yeah. When her she shed was on fire,
3: my husband burned down my she shed. Do you cover that? Eric's shaking his head, no. Oh, but everybody thought that was the cat's pajamas,
0: yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna slowly step off of my soapbox now and
3: yeah uh, thank you for sh- your ted talk thank, thank you. you for I coming and,
0: and email us at podcastrealtor.com if you would like to talk more about she sheds and bend my ear about your she shed and tell me why i'm wrong
3: <laughs> inbox is open So now it's time for a new segment that we are calling The Mailbox. Uh, This is where we answer questions from you, listeners. And this week we have a question from Natasha in Dallas. She says, My husband and I just started our home search, but we can't seem to agree on any open houses because his style is so different from mine. He wants something older that he can fix up on the weekends, but I want something modern and turnkey. How do we figure this out?
1: (gasps) The classic
3: age old
1: (laughs) question. Timeless, timeless battle.
3: Yeah. I mean, this question comes up a lot, and a lot of agents will tell us that um, obviously you have to compromise, but how do you go about doing that? Um, Many agents will recommend uh, creating kind of a number system. So each partner, each person would uh, lay out their five top priorities in the in the home that they are searching for, and then assign a number of value, one to five, one being, let's say, the lowest, five being the highest priority, and then you would compare your list with your partner and see where you fall in the middle. And that's kind of an a, objective way to reach a compromise.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like that idea.
0: I guess I'm kind of going through this because um, I'll be moving in June to LA, and so I've been looking at apartments, and I'm right. not going to pay... Like at the very tippy top of my budget for a rundown kitchen, something with carpeting. Like if I'm going to if I'm going to pay the most, I want to have something that's like really nice. And so it's just deciding how much you're willing to pay for those things.
1: And how how much you're willing to give up. I mean, of your of your, you know, whatever you're willing to take a stand for and say, no, I will not buy this house because x y and z i don't like this and i think
3: that's crucial when you're doing your numbering system like eric said come up with a deal breaker for both sides and Basically, you both get veto power on one thing,
0: right? Like a like a an old kitchen can be a a non it can, that can be a non negotiable.
3: Well, Natasha, I hope that helped. Um, your question comes at an interesting time right before Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah. Um.
3: So hopefully you and your husband work it out and find something that Um, works for both of you. On that note, because we are going into Valentine's Day, we were doing a little light reading around the office and we came across uh, this article from the Wall Street Journal that they just did recently about double vanities and how this writer said it was her biggest remodeling regret was adding double bathroom sinks. That's her biggest regret in life. Well, no, I mean. No, I, biggest remodeling regret, not life regret. No, I know. Let's I be know. clear. I know.
1: Let's, perspective. Everything is a matter of perspective.
0: I know.
3: So this particular writer basically just said it was a waste of space um, because they only ended up using the one sink right. all the time. Um I always I never grew up with a double vanity and I wanted one, which is a weird childhood dream I <laughs> I recognize, but I, I
0: you were destined odd. to write about interiors and real estate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew up in a very small house and I shared a bathroom with my older brother. Yeah. And he would always have his stuff strewn across the um you know, the vanity and I, I don't know. I just wanted my, my space.
0: Yeah, my brothers had the Jack and Jill sink too and they only used, I can confirm that they pretty much only used one sink and my parents as well only used one of the sinks in their Jack Why? and Jill. So I don't know.
1: I mean, I, d- I think it's it, 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 it may just, be a psychological thing. It's just like one sink is dirty. Why dirty the other one? I don't I don't know.
3: But I guess I would want to use a clean
0: sink. One is the one that you use.
1: And the other thing is too, and I think the writer points this out in the article, you're never like washing your hands in concert like you know it, it's never that you're going to the sink, <laughs> scrubbing at the, in <laughs> at the same time you know saying oh we we both have to wash our hands right now yeah. let us go to our separate sinks it's that you're, you're you're usually using the restroom or the bathroom or whatever on your own and then you just go to the one sink you, it's not that you'd say like oh i can only use my sink
0: yeah get
3: get away from my sink i see it more as this having a side of the bed yeah like, some people like to sleep on the left. Some people oh, like right. to sleep on the right. And I would think you'd have a personal sink
0: preference. Like your own little section, your own little area. Right. But in reality, if you're cohabitating with someone, you're used to sharing so much space already. And so I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like the Jack and Jill sink is probably a waste. Okay. I don't yeah. Know. No,
1: I. I don't know. I mean, in this when we remodeled our bathroom, I want to say 3 or 4 years ago, I I was dead set on the idea of doing a, you know, two sinks and then the contractor kind of talked me out of it and said you're, you know, just do the, just do one and Oh, wow, uh, bury I'm- the
0: lead. So you've experienced this in real life. Eric. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel well, like you've done this before. <laughs> uh,
1: no, no, it, and it wasn't. It, it, like I say, the the way the bathroom is configured is that they wouldn't be side by side. It's that they kind of would would uh, back to back, back to back. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, it's it's kind of fun to have it kind of replicate on one side and the other. But the contractor was like, dude. Don't, don't even... <laughs>
0: don't even. Dude. <laughs> don't
1: even worry about this. I mean, Just Rachel, install the one. if you want
0: to chase your dream of double vanities, I am all for that.
1: No, I you endorse know, it.
0: I left my dreams
3: behind. I, I, it's okay. And I, I do understand that they might not be the most useful of amenities. And as the writer said, um, she'd rather have like a linen closet. So mm. yes, and... As somebody who lacks a linen closet, I can say with certainty, that is more important.
1: right. And that's what we did is that we installed just the one sink and then the other side is now just like a a like kind of a storage storage thing, a store a bathroom storage mm. unit.
3: Yeah. this article also says that seventy seven percent of home buyers today want dual shower heads so badly that they are willing to pay eight hundred dollars more for a bathroom equipped with two. Okay, that I'm down with. I'm kinda down with that too. What,
1: what, what's the what's the big whoop about a dual shower head? I don't
3: I I let me tell you, I experienced it for the first time last weekend in mm-hmm. Tahoe okay. in my hotel room and it was amazing. Well, but
1: but it's not that you you know, you or your significant other would just use one shower head, right? Like this is your shower head, this is my shower head, is that no. what you're talking about? You're talking about dual shower heads just because it hits as a your feature. water,
0: water
3: from all angles. Right, yeah. as
1: a feature. Right. I
3: don't think it. Yeah, I don't think it's okay, meant
1: so to I, accommodate I, two people. I just needed to clarify it in my head. Was it life changing? Like, yeah. What, what, what about this dual shower head? I mean, if it's not TMI,
3: I don't know. It just changed the game.
0: You have shower coming over your head. I don't because you're like <laughs> when you're when you have water coming from only one direction, the other half of you is cold. Oh boy. And and I felt also, like I got clean
3: faster too. <laughs> Is doing twice the work.
1: So next to your five thousand square foot hot tub, you would have a nine dual shout triple n- non octagon. Yeah, shower.
3: Y'all know I'm all about a water
1: feature. <laughs> Thank you guys for an interesting and an enlightening conversation about bathrooms <laughs> and bathroom habits.
0: You guys, it's time for Winners and Losers. Yay. Okay. 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 <laughs> Eric can <laughs> get ready. on board with that. <laughs> uh, winners and Losers is our segment at the end of every episode where we discuss celebrities and the real estate that they bought, sold, or rented. Our loser this week is Bethany Frankel from the Real Housewives of New York City.
1: No longer. A cast member
0: yeah bethany is not returning um to this new season of real housewives of new york however bethany her her real estate was really prominent in the show uh this particular place bethany bought in what was it eric 2016 14. No, 14.
1: 2014 yeah this is that place in soho mm-hmm. you, we've seen it on the show what was your favorite feature of this place
0: I mean the kitchen was incredible. The
1: kitchen the kitchen was nice. That's they they've had quite a few cryfests and I think uh heart to hearts. Sh- yeah. Champagne Champagne
0: yeah. towers. Bethany's champagne hosted ta- some ho- <laughs> There wasn't there like a champagne tower at one of her, I, or yes, a fondue. No, I,
1: I think you I think yeah, there was a Christmas party at this mm-hmm. house. But yeah, she bought it in 2014 for 4.25. I don't remember if she worked with Frederick on the purchase of this place. I-
0: I feel like she. Did. I want to say yes. Yeah, I I, or at yes. least he was in the show, like showing her places.
1: Right. Wow. It looks what do you mean? Wow! Like wow! No,
0: I know. Give me a minute. I got to process it. It's a lot. Wash over
1: me. Look how bright it look looks. How, amazing. It's like feminine. Oh it's my god! It's beautiful. It's, it's wide. Dang. It's gorgeous. You
3: know it's what? Awesome. For me, as a real estate agent, it's freaking expensive.
1: It went on the market for five million dollars. I remember that. But yeah. uh, reality intruded on that. You know the the dreams of the five million dollar price tag because she just sold it uh, within the past month or so for three point six five. Yep. Mm. So that's quite a come down, and and it's below what she bought it for. So
0: and it's not. I mean, you're paying for the location. Like this is right. in you know arguably the the most hit part of New York City. Um, there's restaurants and it's so walkable and so I think three million three what was it 3.65 million yeah i think that person got a good deal
1: <laughs> i think so too especially you know if, if they if bethany purchased it in 2014 for 4.25 and then customized it on top of that mm-hmm. purchase yeah price. she
0: took a hit it's turnkey
1: that's for yeah. sure so um sorry Sadly. beth <sighs>
0: sorry bethany Sad- i mean she's she's doing just fine though right what is her is she still doing like skinny girl jeans or
1: what's well no, she does she's more into the the f- Philanthropy, no. Right.
0: Be be her, strong.
1: Yes, her her philanthropic organization.
0: Yeah, she she has a charitable organization. So we still I, I was always a Bethany fan.
1: I never minded her. I thought she she kind of uh, created a lot of good drama on the mm-hmm. show. Watch watchable drama.
0: Very watchable. She had spin offs, um, that I
1: watched, <laughs> yeah, no, and I I liked her taste in this house, and I, yeah, I, I am surprised. Maybe we, maybe I'll have to do a follow up article on why it wasn't able to sell for five million. Yeah, I,
3: it, I will say it's a little farm too farmhousey really? in some places. Okay, I mean oh, that shiplap okay. wall in the bedroom, and she she does have the uh, dreaded
0: word art. She does yeah. all. Yeah. What does it say? All that
1: all,
3: allows all on... <laughs> I don't even
0: know. Yeah,
1: it's it's abstract. Yeah, so Beth- Bethany is our loser of the week. She's not a loser in life, but in this real estate transaction, she was a loser.
0: Yeah, all right, let's move on to our winner. Uh, time for some, some happy news. Our winner this week is Lance Armstrong. And he has just listed his gorgeous Aspen home.
1: Yeah, this place is... I mean, he gave Architectural Digest a tour of the home last year, and while he hasn't sold it yet, we're declaring him the winner because this place is bananas, over-the-top, beautiful. Yeah. And, I mean, while a lot of people don't personally personally like Lance Armstrong for what he did in terms yeah. of, you know, the abuse of performance enhancing drugs and then lying about it and then finally coming out and admitting it you know this this house he has an aspen is just gorgeous no word on why he's selling it but he just did a video like i say last year where he walked through and talked about how you know he loved certain aspects of the house and it's it's a gorgeous retreat i, I, I
3: have a hot take
1: Okay, what's the hot take? I don't like it. Whoa! Oh, hot take. Okay,
0: <laughs> why not, Rachel? Too dated looking mm,
3: with all mm. with that all
1: that wood. The mm-hmm. exterior or the interior? The
3: interior. Okay. It doesn't seem bright and airy. It seems uh, the uh, odd color choices. Hmm. A lot of wood. That too much wood.
1: Too much wood. Okay. No, that, I, mean, I see some
0: brown cool. furniture, and as a millennial, I like it.
1: <laughs> and, uh, it we already it, said how much this is listed for, right? 14, 14 and a half million. Yeah. Right. I don't know if he'll get that price. Um, a lot of homes that you see in Aspen, you'll see a facade. And then because you're not allowed to build over a certain height in the city, what mm-hmm. a lot of people have done, and I think I've read about this also in the Wall Street Journal, what a lot of people have done is gone underground Under. and dug out like basements. So you'll you'll find homes that look a certain way in the front of the house, but they might be a mansion below or a mansion what, going way back.
3: Maybe hmm. that's why it doesn't look as airy as I would Brighten areas
1: i would expect yeah because there's a huge basement complex yeah you know?
0: i mean there but but you are right rachel there is a lot of like ho- like wood elements inside darker wood elements um the furniture choices are like red it's it's kind of it's very pottery barn to me actually and maybe okay. yeah. maybe it's like old school pottery barn vibes that you're getting
3: maybe it just looks very 90s off. to me yeah okay. old school pottery barn perhaps okay. anyway i I mean i'm not buying it but
1: i really like it It, it, each bedroom comes with its own private bath and then like i said there's an underground kind of complex where they have like safety escape routes and ladders oh my gosh yeah and it's there's a bunk room and a game room for the kids there's a wine room which i personally yeah
0: that wine room you must like that wine room rachel i do yeah there's aspects i like about it but
1: so lance armstrong controversial figure winner of the week
0: controversial winner too it sounds like
3: (laughs) is he your winner winner, rachel or is he (laughs) nope (laughs) sorry lance
1: it does have a huge jacuzzi i'm looking at the jacuzzi (gasps) picture now Oh, great. I'm sorry. Hot uh, tub. It, it does have a huge hot tub. Photo eight in Is the it 5,000 square feet? <laughs> Just, <laughs> the, the Just a
0: 5,000. My house is a hot tub.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my house is a hot tub. Yeah. My like house it. is
0: a hot tub. The Rachel's like a story.
1: Life, yeah, the Lifetime movie. I like it.
0: Oh my God. I'm eager to see. All right, that is it for House Party. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. Uh, you can subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Um, tell your friends. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where you get your podcasts. And remember to give us a five-star rating
3: and review that helps other people find our show.
0: Yep. And you can contact us, email us at podcast at realtor.com. And
3: if you're on social media, please give us a follow on Facebook or Twitter. We're at House Party Pod on both. And we would love to hear from you wherever you do your social media.
0: Thanks again for tuning in. We will be off next week, but we'll be back the following week to discuss more real estate, news, and pop culture with you. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.